Greetings from Pandora. Welcome to A Vault Hunter's Guide to the Borderlands, the best Borderlands podcast on the Echo Net. I'm Drew. I'm Jeff. Thanks for joining us today for episode number 19, where today we're going to be talking about the state of the game. It's but Ohio. First, just to- <laughs> it is not Ohio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but first, just a quick reminder that you can always get in contact with us via Twitter at Vault Hunters Pod or through our email, a Vault Hunters Guide at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can watch us record the podcast live at twitch.tv slash a Vault Hunters Guide. Also, so, we're, also, we're working on YouTube stuff. Just like be patient. <laughs> it's coming. I'm not a video editor. And neither am I. So you do the math there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyways, Jeff. Uh, I feel like it's only been a few days since we last uh, recorded an episode. Uh, that's because it might be. <laughs> Girl, it might yeah. be. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jeff and I are um, recording another episode this week so that way we can get back on track to the original uh, pattern of, you know, week on, week off. It just tends to work better for us. So, mm-hmm. um, and we took a week off for the holidays, but we back and uh, it's all good. Jeff, I'm really looking forward to this episode. Yeah, so am I. I think it's going to be, I think this is, as weird as it sounds, this is kind of the whole point as to why we started this podcast, is that it's all here to be good information for, not only good information for uh, other people in the community, but also just, um, it's also there to be very opinion based because that's the thing is it's uh it's it's a game which means it's it's not something that we need but it's something that we enjoy thoroughly so uh yeah and we want to make sure that we see it be successful and uh so it'll be interesting to see how this goes so yeah definitely you know, and and i think people know us well enough to know at this point that if there's something that we that we aren't necessarily fond of <laughs> pre-sequel uh, that we let people know about it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, so, all right, cool. Uh, what have you, so we, what have you been up to in the past uh, few days? <laughs> uh, I have played a little bit more on my solo flack that I'm doing on PC. Um, I got to tell you, the more I play it on PC, the more I want to play it on PC, just because it's just, I, I have, I have the kind of computer that can handle it. And so I'm just excited about it and everything like that. So, um, sure. it, lo- it looks really good and the frame rates are awesome. Uh, and everything, all the menus are really snappy and quick and everything like that. So, so that's what I've been doing. Um, I was really excited though, because I'm doing kind of like a critical hit style flack right now. And mm. I got a nimble Jack the other day and that thing, oh, nice. <laughs> that thing that is was really sweet. good for it. Yeah. I'm hoping to also get a, uh, a one pump chump here in the future and use that. Cause that thing is also sick. Cool. Is your, um, is your flak max level or are you like working on that? No, no, no. It's not anywhere near max level. I'm not even done. Oh, with okay. the, I'm not even done with the first playthrough yet. Okay. Oh, okay. I guess. So I, well, when I you, do you have a level 50 one pump chump. Uh, I do on Zane on PS4. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, right, right. I was gonna say because I've got one that I'm not using, then that's a good point. Fingers crossed for crossplay coming soon. Yeah, yeah. One of these, uh, one of these days. So, so that's mainly what I've been doing. Uh, I, like I said, I haven't been going as hard on that recently, just because there's a lot of really good games that have come out recently, and I'm also kind of working through some backlogs of some other things. Uh, mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching Beth play a lot of Neo recently, and I really actually want to pick that up now too. <laughs> I know you yeah. tried. Yeah, I know, you should. I know you tried playing it, and you said you weren't super fond of it, though, right? Yeah, but so like, but I'm not like, like I'm not a Soulsborne type of player, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just not into that. 
Yeah. Um, well, you you I had under, a, you I had totally a, understand the appeal and and appreciate the games and everything, but um, and I think that I've finally figured out something very specific and weird about myself, and that's that I need a fixed camera. Yeah, it's pretty weird. It is right. <laughs> it's real. I'll, I'll fully admit that it's really odd. Like, like I I prefer first person games the best. However. Third person are fine if it's fixed camera. So, like, I really loved God of War, right? Mm-hmm. But it's over-the-shoulder fixed camera. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's weird. Um, if I'm just freewheeling it, I just don't don't care for it. But anyways, uh, so I, funny enough, with uh, the topic of conversation at hand today, I actually have gone back to Borderlands 2. And have been uh, playing in that because I just found that I was farming for like no shun him, shun the non-believer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. It's not that. It's just that um, I, at this point, so like I'm actually more as as weird as it sounds. I'm probably more familiar with Borderlands Three than I am with Borderlands Two because I wasn't around when Bo- I mean, like I was around, but like I wasn't playing Borderlands when Borderlands Two came out. So I have to learn everything like retroactively, you know? Sure. And I'm a decent enough player to to feel qualified to tell you all how to do this. <laughs> but um but I'm still like but I've been playing Borderlands 3 since the day it came out and I know I feel like I know as much as I need to for it, you know? So right. but anyways, yeah. Um, so good good segue onto where we're going though. So Yeah, so we're going to be talking about the state of the game. Um, which a lot of people are doing right now, and so we thought we'd hop on the bandwagon. No, that's not right. It's just, it's more of like a, <laughs> um, it's just more of like, it's it's a relevant topic right now, and there's there's a reason why there are so many people talking about it. Um, so uh, some, of, some of the reasons we're talking about it right now, um, or some of the examples of why everybody's talking about it, JoltsDude139, going back to, Borderlands 2 for now on his Twitch stream uh, because of uh, the lack of endgame content and uh, poor drop rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morning After Kill uh, saying that he'd leave Borderlands 3 in 2019 and also uh, recently releasing a video why Bo- why the Borderlands 3 or why Borderlands 3 flopped. Which I just want to preface this by saying I haven't watched that video yet because I wanted to form my own opinions on whether or not it has flopped, and if it has, why. Right. Um, so, um, uh, you know, I mean, like, he's... He, we're going to be addressing that, but just, so, you know, the reason for the question came up because he put out that video, but we have not watched it yet, so... Right. Uh, also, Killer6 addressing the current state of the game in a recent video. He did it in the middle of a of a, uh, of a video where he was talking about going through... The um, the Malawan takedown in like seven minutes, mm-hmm. um, and it was, I was like well, that's a weird place to put it, but I mean he makes some really really great points, right? And then uh, just general discontent amongst some players, right? So yeah, so uh, we've got a lot to get into. Again, this is going to be uh, very very much an opinion based episode, uh, and we want to reiterate that that these are our, these are our own opinions and nobody else's. Uh, you are more than welcome to have your own opinion, of course, and we want to hear what you guys have to say, and we already have heard a little bit about what you guys have to say. We put out a Twitter poll, and we're actually going to be addressing that at the end of the episode. So, um, 
so yeah, we're gonna go ahead and get right into uh, we're gonna get right into some of it. So, uh, and so yeah, so so the very first thing that we want to discuss and we want to talk about is was the Borderlands Three launch a failure? Uh, that's kind of a big question because there's lots of different ways you could look at it. But overall, at the end of the day, it all it all makes a point as to how the game is being received currently. So, um, as far as was it a failure? Well, we get we have to look at a lot of different aspects. And and Drew, feel free to add or pepper in anything here too. So, right away on day one, there were a lot of issues with the game. Uh, not necessarily mechanically, but uh as far as as far as how it worked and some of them still have not quite been addressed so um it was kind of a it was kind of a rough launch because menus were really slow lots of people were having crashes there were frame rate issues um there were some huge issues with split screen that still have not really been addressed too much uh so yeah it's been it's been kind of rough but leaning up to it we did also have lots of it it wasn't like they were keeping it from us. It wasn't like they were, you know, hiding anything from us because we had lots of preview streams and stuff like that. However, at the same time, a lot of the streams that we were seeing were from people on PC, not on console. And right. a lot of these people that were playing on PC were playing on, again, because they're top streamers or reviewers or uh, content creators of some kind. These were high-end, top-tier PCs that they were playing it on that could handle just about anything. Right, right. And I think that that makes, that makes a huge difference. It's, it's kind of a weird... Um, it's not a weird question. It's just a weird... It depends on how you look at it as a failure because the, like the hype machine and the uh, marketing and everything that surrounded Borderlands 3, I feel like, was really great. Oh, and yeah. there was no... There was no, um, if you were into Borderlands, un okay, so first of all, we gotta address the, the Epic Game Store exclusivity. That's, to me, was a huge, it's a huge, um, strike against the launch of Borderlands 3. Like, there's a lot of people who are still not played Borderlands 3 because of the Epic Game Store exclusivity. And Jeff and I have talked about that before, and we've talked about our opinions on it, and whether or not you agree with um whether or not gearbox should have done it that's a huge factor in um just in raw sales numbers and 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 everything it would have been it would have sold a lot more at launch had it been on steam as well mm -hmm. um also the fact that um and and like and a lot of more what do i say this a lot of more prudent uh gamers are wise to wait for a game to be out for a while to smooth out the bugs and to get everything kind of established and everything or or to get purchase yeah or or even just to get you know maybe someone wants to wait a year and they can get uh you know they can get you know like a, a game of the year edition or something like that where it's got all the content but it's got which it is, at, which at, is typically what i do that's yeah. typically how i go about it because it's just a it's a it's a better financial decision mm -hmm. um and and it's wise to let every all the bugs and everything get worked out and if the bugs don't get worked out then i don't buy it right you know yeah so had it not been borderlands 3 
Like, Borderlands 3 is legitimately the first game, I think maybe the first game that I've ever bought on release. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. pre-ordered or anything. Because yeah. everything else I can wait for. It's fine. Um, so, so those, so, and now people that did that, that are like, no, I'm just going to wait. Like, I feel like they're probably getting, like, like do I want to even get it even when it is released mm-hmm. on Steam or when there is a Game of the Year edition, you know, or whatever. Um, it's... It, it, and they're all reasonable questions, you know? Right. So, now, now, the other thing to look at this from, though, however, is um, you look at it from this angle because uh, way back in September, uh, about 10 days after the launch of the game, the numbers were released, and within like the first, uh, you know, according to uh, several different outlets, um, uh, per 2K, Borderlands 3 had sold 5 million copies in its first day. Now, there is something to say about that, because what that right. means, these were copies that were sold to two stores, two stores specifically. Yeah. So these were not sold to, I don't know what you call it, end users, I guess? Right, no. that was not, you know, from developer to the to the actual um consumer. Consumer, right. Right. Was, yeah. You know, to to wholesalers and to retailers and what and what have you. Now now that being said, um being that the exclusively the the exclusivity for PC was on Epic Game Store, that's still actually really good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's all like if you if you ask 2K and Gearbox, it was or if you ask 2K, it's probably a huge success, right? Because mm-hmm. because of sheer numbers, and they don't really care if those units get sold after the fact. They just care about getting to the store, you know, right. because yeah. they've already made their money. Now, Gearbox as the developer may not see it as such a huge success. Like gr- numbers are great, but the whole Borderlands, the whole premise of Borderlands is you grind and grind and grind the main, um, like the main story and all the DLCs and everything so you can get perfect gear and everything and, and just kill that end game content, you know, like that's the deal. And if people are still holding out because of the, uh, because of it not being on steam or because of the bugs and stuff, they may not see it as such a success. So. When it comes to when it comes to you and I, our specific opinions, if I if somebody just on the street was like, "Hey, was the Borderlands Three launch a failure?" What would you say? I would say no. I th- I would say no. It's not. It could have been handled better, uh, and they could have delayed it and worked out some more bugs. But overall, I don't think it was a failure. So, I feel the opposite. I actually do feel like it was a failure because. They could have pushed it back a little bit and worked out some more bugs and then <laughs> dropped a really great game, you know? Like, we talked about this when, uh, shortly after the game first came out, like, Nintendo is being praised for pushing back Animal Crossing because they're like, look, it's not exactly where it needs to be yet, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And there's a re- and and people are like, great, that's awesome. You know, we would rather wait longer and have the game be, you know, nearly perfect when it's released. And Borderlands was far, Borderlands Three was far from it when it was released. And it's hard for me to convince my non-Borderlands, 
playing friends to buy Borderlands 3 with all the media and everything that's around it currently. So I can understand that, and I don't want to stay on this for too much longer because we do have a lot to cover, but it could have been a lot worse. Like, it could have been a lot worse. And, and here's the thing. Now, I'm, I'm only doing this because, like you said, you know, with Animal Crossing, it's been delayed, and they're going to make it a great game because it's been expected for a long time, similar to Borderlands, Borderlands 3. Borderlands 3, yeah. <laughs> I, hate, I hate to be this guy, but, but one word. Anthem. Okay, but... <laughs> you're right, but... But an example of what not... I mean, that's, so that's a very good example of what not to do, right? right. Anthem was. <clears throat> and that doesn't mean that Borderlands 3 is, a six, is successful comparatively, you know? No, no. You can't, you can't, you can't be like, I, I'm... I may regret this, and we we may edit this out, but you can't be like, well, Hitler wasn't that bad. Look at Pol Pot, you know? Like, you can't fucking do that, you know? Yeah. That's not how it works. No, and 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 I understand that, and congratulations for going there, like, immediately right to this episode. <laughs> Somebody's totally going to call you out for it, <laughs> but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I get it. I, I, I think that we also have to look at the time frame that we're in, and we're going to get more into this later, but you also have to look at the time frame that we're in, which is uh, it released in 2019. We're recording this episode in 2020. While it's not exactly like flip a switch and everything changes, we have so much more accessibility or developers have so much more accessibility to be like, look, we understand this is a problem. We're going to fix it. And they've been very, very good about fixing things and giving us that information and making us very aware of it too. Now, does that excuse them from the fact that it was, it had a rough start? No, not at all. But I think considering how much work they actually have done on it since it launched, I mean, cause we've been here, what, three months now, you know, four almost, months, yeah. four months. Yeah. Almost no, four. five. Or sorry, no, almost nope. four. Yeah, almost four. Yeah, almost four months. I think that they have done a good job of rectifying a lot of those things, but there's still a ways to go. So overall, I don't think it was a failure. I just think that some things could have been handled better. I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's a, a black or white situation, but if yeah, it yeah. if it if it were, I'd be more in the white part, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I just Okay, last thing on this. I just miss the old days of like, here's a game, it's on a shelf and it's done, and there's nothing else to it. Totally understandable. Uh, with th so. with that, we're gonna go ahead and move on. Um, so yeah, so you asked the last question, so I'm gonna ask this one, buddy. Uh, what is there to bring new players to the series? People that don't have any experience playing Borderlands One or Borderlands Two, what does Borderlands Three offer to bring them in okay so again and i'm going to be re referencing this a lot looking at the time frame that this game has been launched in which is late 2019 and then going into uh going into the 2020s it actually has a lot to offer because with the success especially of battle royale games and things like fortnite and PUBG and apex legends apex, yeah yeah and other games along those lines um, it actually has a lot to offer because this is the same type of thing where you're 
encouraged to do squad-based combat, more or less, where everyone serves a different role within the game. And you can obviously play whatever character you want and still have it work and everything like that. But the nice thing is, is that it is all completely cooperative. And um, it's just a nice way because eventually people get burned out to it. That's why people are hopping through these games like crazy. That's why, you know, you start out with like, you know, a lot of people started out with PUBG and then they moved from PUBG to Fortnite and then they went from Fortnite to Apex. And I'm sure that, you know, they're going to go from Apex to something else. And mm-hmm. there's still fan bases that are retained within these games because they prefer them for whatever reason. But I think a lot of that has to do with um, people getting sick and tired of the competitive nature of it uh, in one way or another. Either you're kind of in two categories, either really suck at the game and so you're sick of getting your ass kicked or you're really good at the game and you're sick of, you know, just dominating people. And then you've got those other people who are, you know, decent at it and win some games and lose some others, but then there's nothing. It's like, all right, sure. You know, it's like you're just kind of stuck in this weird in-between place, whereas right now you can hop into Borderlands 3 and get your friends together and all of you can work together and you don't even have to be the same level and you guys can just all have a ton of fun with it. And it's a great cooperative experience. So the problem, the only problem being is that there are still some issues with getting the cooperative part to actually work sometimes, which kind of sucks. Right. Right. So it offers a, it offers a good chance to not only get in there with other people, but also potentially, and hopefully this comes out more in the future to have uh, something that's familiar to go back to, like you and I can go back to Borderlands one or two or something that has some long end game content that you can just kind of repeat as necessary for things that you want. So that is the hope. And we're going to get more into that here in a little bit, but that's, that's my opinion of what it brings to new players and what's bringing new people in. Yeah. I think, I think that it does show a lot of, um, it shows a lot of potential, you you know, with where the game started out and where it is now and the amount of progress that's been made on patches and fixes and and frankly there is there has been um a a decent amount of new content in the amount of time that the game has been out i mean you figure um three different no four anyways you had you, you've got the Malawan takedown the uh the bloody harvest event um mm-hmm. and the moxie heist Mm-hmm. And those are all new things that have come to the game that bring you know that have come out since launch, which is to me pretty impressive. Yeah, and I don't see and <clears throat> um so like if his if it keeps on progressing in that way, then we're gonna be in good shape by the time of the game's one year anniversary. I would it's, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, provided that that's the pace that they keep at, or if they increase the quality of the um, additional content later, which we'll also discuss. But um, it's it's just tricky to get through it as an existing player. Like if you're if you're it's it, you know what it is it's like if you if you have a kid okay and your kid you know your kid's born you're super excited you know about being a parent and everything and 
you know, the early stages are great, and then things get tougher as they get older, and there's growing pains, and there's just, and there's puberty, and there's hormones, and all this other, all this other stuff. And at the end of it, you know, when the kid's grown, you know, and fully matured, if you meet somebody, they'd be like, wow, your kid is so great, you know, look at how they... Look at how they turned out, and it's like, man, but if you were there for all this <laughs> stuff that we dealt with to get to this point, it's been it's been a trial, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but to me, that's also kind of what makes it rewarding in a way. Like, I can't wait for the day when years down the road, um, you know, I'm talking to somebody about Borderlands 3, and they're like, yeah, I just picked that up at the out of the bin you know, at Walmart for 20 bucks and it's, and it's awesome. I love it. You know, there's so much stuff to do. It'll be like, dude, you should have been playing it back when there wasn't, you know, back when it was a struggle and right. they were doing hot fixes every week. Right. So, um, yeah. so I guess, I guess, and, and, and also I don't see them continuing on the pace of, um, like with the pace of additional content that they've been putting out, since game launch, I don't see that continuing, you know? Sure. I don't see, I mean, what would that be? That'd be nine, nine more addition, things of additional content until the one year anniversary. I just don't see that happening. So you don't think that between potential, um, you don't think that between potential future activities similar to takedowns and, um, and seasonal events, and then other DLCs, you don't think that's going to happen? No, I think that that it could happen, like they could do that, but I don't think that they will. I think that the pace will slow down, and there will be less um, less special events and less takedowns and things like that going going in the future, um, so which I was gonna we'll say get that, to that question later. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that actually... That actually brings us uh, to a really good point to our next uh, our next question. Then uh, that, that is, if there wasn't anything else you were looking at for you know for bringing in new players to the series. No, I don't think so. I, th- I mean, realistically, like de- okay, let's just. I want to take a quick second to address other looter shooters, right? Destiny Two is, from what I understand, straight killing it right now. Mm-hmm. Like. They're still pumping out content, which is amazing. And there's still tons of people playing that game every day. And if you play a ton of Destiny, like, I don't see you jumping ship to go play Borderlands 3 yet. But I could see them picking it up later, you know. Oh, yeah. Like I said, Game of the Year Edition or whatever. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Fair enough. So, um,. So kind of segueing into that, what are some things that established players can do to pass the time until more content becomes available? So if you're me, you go back and you play Borderlands 2 more. Um, because <laughs> and because there's so... Joltz Dude makes a really, really great point. There is so much stuff to do at Endgame in Borderlands 2. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. And yeah. now with the um, Commander Lilith DLC, you don't even have to s- grind through the first 30 levels, you know? Mm-hmm. I decided yesterday, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to make up another solo zero playthrough. 
because I had a solo zero playthrough, but then you and I were bored one day and you were like, well, I've got this zero that's a level 21. And I was like, I have a zero that's a level 21. <laughs> and so we just started doing a double zero playthrough, which is a lot of fun. And we got to get back on that at some point. But yeah, it was um, uh, for the for the record, because I know people are going to ask. Drew was playing. I mean, you were playing like a pistol kind of like bullet hell kind of build, right? And yeah, yeah. And I was and I was doing melee, which worked out great between the two of yeah. us. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like I was staying back and ranging, you know, guys from a ways away, and then and Jeff would go in there and put death marks on them and shit. It was really great. Yeah, it was fun. So, <laughs> um, gotta get back on that. I miss it. So, anyways, I was like, I'm gonna start a new zero playthrough. I called him solo but with a zero at the end, because I'm fucking witty as hell. One, shouldn't, um, it be, shouldn't it have been two zeros, though? Nope, because one, one zero, solo. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, no, no, Ex- stop overthinking it. No, 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 I got it, it's good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so anyways, um, and I didn't have to, I didn't have to go through all the the first playthrough, you know? Granted, the, my I do have quick side rant here i dislike that the gear that you're given when you do a boosted character is fixed that sucks because it gives you a sloth at the beginning and that's really frustrating for me um yeah and like i mean but it does it gives you a mix of like of like well if you want to do sniper or if you want to do melee or whatever we kind of have a little bit of everything and i'm like yeah but none of it's good like you don't give me anything decent to to really get rolling with it you know like yeah hey you kind of do everything okay but like yeah but i do nothing good you know <laughs> so good thing i've got 175 golden keys to you know spam that golden chest for a while right and get some decent shit so but that <laughs> all right rant over uh <laughs> i did get to but i was able to hop in to the commander little dlc go back to sanctuary complete the talent of God and then go and then go and kill um, the warrior and be done with first playthrough, Mm -hmm. you know? So now I can start TVHM and go and get a grog nozzle right off the bat and, you know, just kind of go and do whatever now. Mm -hmm. And I'm already in TVHM. And that's something that I really, really love about the game. It's like that has made a huge, huge difference to me. Um, so anyways, so that's, so that other thing was a rant within a rant, but that, that's my <laughs> rant on like, you can go and play Borderlands too, because there's a ton of stuff to do and there's not just one build per character. There's so many different builds that you can do for each character, unless you're gauge play anarchy and nothing else. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Womp. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. But so what are some other things? So like that's one general thing that you can do is you could go back to Borderlands 2. Jeff, what are some things that you can do if you still want to play Borderlands 3, but you're getting bored with your level 50 fadeaway flack? Okay. So it's weird because we're we're going to have to start doing some things a lot earlier than what we were in in Borderlands 2. Everyone is super familiar with like some of the challenges that are in that are in Borderlands 2. You've got Legion's runs. You've got... Um, one life. You've got one life. Yeah, you've uh, you've got melee only, you know, all that kind of stuff. You've got all these different things that you can do in there. Um, that's the thing is, like, unf- it's going to be kind of hard, but uh, as weird as it sounds, we might need to get creative with things if we want to try some things out. And maybe we're going to be finding out 
things about the game that we that we didn't know before. Um, it's just kind of one of those weird things that it's one of those weird situations that because of the way that drops and things are working, you don't really have to put in the same kind of work that you did for Borderlands 2. And here's the other weird thing about that. That's not a terrible thing, depending on the kind of player you are. Now, here's the thing is that we talked about at the beginning of this and, um, you know, we talked about Jolt Dude playing some more BL2, uh, more in Afterkill, uh, said that, um, you know, he's frustrated with where Borderlands 3 is at right now. Uh, Killer6 is addressing the current state of the game. Um, even uh, even uh, Gathalion has talked a little bit about this and, and why he's not playing it as much as he played some of, you know, like Borderlands 2 and things like that. So, but here's the thing is that these are all people who also make their living as content creators. And mm-hmm. I personally think that has a lot to do with it. I'm not saying their opinions are wrong or that they're skewed or anything like that. Uh, cause frankly, I think that there are some really good and solid valid points out there, but what I do think is that the way the drop rates and things like that are kind of working right now for casual players, it's not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. I, I've read, uh, some, some comments and stuff elsewhere that are like, Hey, you know, I play about an hour a day, you know, and I just go through and I'll do some farming, you know, I'll farm this guy for a few times and I'll farm this guy for a few times and then I, you know, and I'll get some stuff and it's cool and I'll use it for other characters and I call it a day. And that's an understandable, that's a totally understandable point of view. When you're playing it as much as you and I are, which is more than I would say a casual player. Right. Right. But definitely not at the level of a content creator even though right. we are content creators we're like not our content is not based around people watching us play the game it's um, not based around people watching us play and it's not it's also not how we make our living yeah yeah that's definitely that's in uh, 100% true um right <laughs> so it's <clears throat> you you know i hadn't really considered that that um like that would kind of suck if you are, you know, if you're if you're Jolts or or, you know, Baru or whoever, and you're, and you're like, all right, we're four months into the game and we got to do a one life challenge, you know, like really, that's we're we're at that point, and I don't know what it is about, um, it it blows my mind. Like some people, there are people who have taken, um, one side or the other on this on this issue, and it's let's talk, let's it's not listed here in our in our show notes or anything but let's talk about loot drops okay yeah because a lot of people have a lot of issues with them right now right and let's talk specifically about um so loot from rare spawn enemies okay so Mm, uh, are you ready to have this conversation (laughs) i'm ready let's do this because it's a it's a really big part of why everybody is not everybody why a lot of people are frustrated with the state of the game currently and borman nates right has a three in ten chance of spawning or something along those lines mm-hmm. um and he borman nates drops the cutsman the sawbar and there's that, one other thing that other thing <laughs> that other thing so anyways and has a one in ten 
chance of dropping each of those items. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, so you've got a 3 in 10 chance of him showing up. A 3 in 10 chance out of that of him dropping something. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's a 1 in 30 chance of your... of just the item that you're looking for to drop and for you to get the anointed or perfect version of it is even less of a chance right and And some people are like so what that's it's not a huge deal when you compare that to a 94 sham or a perfect b or a deepa it's not that big of a deal and i see both sides of the argument, but for some reason, it feels different when you're farming for one specific thing in Borderlands 2 than farming for one specific thing in Borderlands 3. And it, it doesn't even have to be a rare a rare spawn enemy. It, it does, and um, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, so, first of all, if you're going to give... If you're going to give uh, a specific, if you're going to give a specific item to a specific boss, that boss can't be a rare spawn. I I I just don't like that. It just doesn't, you know. It's it's just rough, <laughs> you know. Like it's it's rough because you're already not guaranteed to get whatever item you're looking for. I don't also need to not guarantee be guaranteed that the boss is even going to show up. Oh, the Psycho Stabber is the other thing that uh, Borman needs has a high chance to drop. Yeah, yep, I did see that. So, but yeah, it's... Duh. I don't know how I didn't think of that one. Yeah, it's... uh, (laughs) That happens. It's just consistency, though. Like, it's okay to be... It's, like, it's okay to go and farm Savage Lee for a Deepa or uh, Bull for uh, for a Fastball or... um, you know, any of any of that other stuff, you know, because you know that they're going to be there every time and it's consistent. You kind of get into a routine. You're like, all right, so do this and, you know, kill them and see did a drop. No, it didn't drop. And then but something about having the rare spawns actually be rare spawns is just is just weird. You know, like like you get in there and you're like, all right, is he here? I'll check around for a little bit. I'm going to I'm getting attacked by some other things. I don't see him. I don't think he's here. All right, I'm going to jump back out. And then it's like, all right, go in, look for him. Is he here? I don't know. I don't think so. Kill a couple of guys, wait around for a little bit more, hop out, like, you know. Well, and something else that makes it that makes that even more frustrating is the load times that some console players are experiencing. Yes. It takes like that makes a huge difference. Like playing the handsome collection on PS4, my load times are really, really I had forgotten how short they are. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, maybe it's just a comparative thing because I hopped in there, you know, I used to think that it took forever, you know, (laughs) but now after playing Borderlands three, like I was playing last night and was like loading into an area and instinctively like pulled out my phone, you know, Mm -hmm. to like scroll through Twitter or whatever. And then I was like in, I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And, and the farming is is a fundamental it's fundamentally essential to borderlands and so when your load times are hella long it's really really frustrating and then to find out that that guy that you went to go and farm is not even there makes it even worse and then 
you finally do see him, and you finally do kill him, and he's and he's dropped the goddamn saw bar for the third time in a row. <laughs> you know, when all you want I don't is a goddamn cutsman. <laughs> right. It's that it's excruciatingly frustrating. Mm-hmm. And thank I mean, thankfully, like out of out of all of them, Borman Nates is one of the better ones because you can get to him so quick. Right. Some of the other rare spawns take a long time to get to. Think about the force troopers. Like there's no quick way to get to them. You have to run across the map. And even when you do spawn in, like at the nearest at the nearest new U station, it's still not super close. It still takes a little bit to get there. Right. And then and then them, you gotta like stand down there and wait and like throw grenades up there and be like, I think maybe they're here. I don't know, you know? <laughs> it's it no. can be really, really irritating. No, I get that. I get that. So now the I don't know, it's kinda weird because the other the other big thing is as weird as it sounds, we're complaining a lot about this, but it almost doesn't even matter. Just because of the way that the rest of the loot drops work. Like the way... Because you can go and you can farm something on Mayhem 3 or 4. Like you can go and farm um, Grave Ward or you can go and farm... Uh, yeah, I don't even mines. farm... I don't even farm dedicated drops anymore. I just go and farm Grave Ward, Gigamine, and Trant. And that's it. Yeah. Because they're, they're really easy. They're really... You know, they're really easy to do and everything like that. But you're probably going to get whatever you're looking for out of them. But again, it's not a guaranteed thing. So... Right. And like that, and like that takes a while too. And I get, and you know what, you know what makes me turn off Borderlands three quicker than anything is going through and killing, um, either grave ward or, um, or Gigamind or Trant on like mayhem three or especially mayhem four and no legendaries drop. Yeah, that is super frustrating. It's r- like either no legendaries or I see the or I hear the ping and I go and it's a room decoration or it's a or it's a weapon trinket that I already have or mm-hmm. or whatever. That could, you know honestly that could be a very quick and easy thing that they could change to make things a lot better is that if you're if you're if you were playing the game and if you've gotten a, a legendary room decoration or skin already, it doesn't drop again after that. Yes, no, like, I agree. Like, like if you've yeah, got it, it's like, I don't you, know much about programming, but it should be a simple like if X, then no, you know, like, yeah. So and, you know, and we're, and we're talking like if you have it unlocked and if it's like usable and everything, if you get it once and then you forget to unlock it and you sell it or whatever then it's obviously not that because we don't want you to be like locked out of a skin forever because that would suck. But (laughs) (laughs) that would be really shitty. Yeah. Yeah. So but the the other big thing that I keep on thinking to myself is that. Obviously, the goal of the game is to get you shoot people, you shoot things so you can get gear so that you can shoot things better so that you can get gear better and so on and so forth to to infinity basically right until the point to where you are you're decked out in the perfect gear and the perfect setup and you and there is no going anywhere from there right until new content releases until new content releases right (laughs) so the problem being that because of the way that they've done difficulty and the way that mayhem modes work and the way that they did mayhem for 
unfortunately, the thing that we thought was going to be better in this game has actually not gotten much better recently, which is that they've kind of made it to the point to where everyone kind of has to run the same builds right now in order for stuff to work, and it kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, like, I mean, I know that I bring him up a lot, but like Joltz dude said on stream the other day, he was like, he was talking about the CN, the CN Dead um, class mod that uh, was released in the uh, Moxie Heist DLC, mm-hmm. and it's just it's we we featured it on Go and Go and Gun on our previous episode because it's that good. It's a it's a really phenomenal class mod, but he makes a really good point that it does make playing Zane a little boring because as long as you're f- hitting stuff, you're you're fine. You're base. You're virtually invincible. Right. So, yeah. Which can be a little, which can be boring, you know. And like it's convenient. Like I use my Zane more than my Flak for farming now, because I'm almost guaranteed to never die. Right. And he does so much damage with the way that he's built out and everything. But I can totally understand his point of view. I don't know why you wouldn't be running that class mod right now. Yep. You know, unless you saw it as too, as too easy and too boring, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it needs to, I don't, I don't feel that the, I understand what they were going for, but I don't feel that the mayhem modes were quite the right way. They should have done things. And, and if they were, I feel that the way that they did mayhem four was okay, but it was so different from the way they did the rest of the mayhem modes that it became weird um what do you mean i don't follow you okay so mayhem 4 is significantly increased drop rates and then enemy health and shield right yeah and then two modifiers afterwards right uh, usually a positive and a negative right yeah typically and then you have in mayhem 3 you have significantly less uh Significantly less health and shield uh, increase and 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 drop yeah, it's like, rates. It's as like well. a three hundred. It's like a three hundred percent increase on both or something like three hundred percent more health and two hundred percent more shield or something like that. Yeah, and then and then, and then Mayhem Four is a thousand. Yeah, yeah, it's like a thousand percent more health and eight hundred percent more shield, I believe. Yeah. So, but then, but then, but the modifiers in Mayhem Three can make it impossible to to like do stuff depending on your build right exactly which we've addressed multiple times yeah which is is not okay so it's just one of those things where i would have been okay if they would have just if they would have just increased they could have just increased the health and shield as Mm -hmm. as they did which they they kind of did that but the the rate at which they did it obviously had a huge spike going into mayhem 4 yeah. Uh, but then they could have also just made it so that you just keep one positive and one negative modifier and just make those also get further and further apart as it goes too. Right, right. And, and I, I would have been fine with like like if you look at the at the map screen that tells you what your modifiers are for that particular run, it'll also tell you that you know but like whether you're on mayhem one, two, three, or four, how much your loot increases also. Yeah. And I would have been fine with a lower loot increase if on Mayhem 4 you were guaranteed a legendary for every named boss that you kill. I don't, I don't think... 
Well, not not actually, a specific one. Not a specific legendary, because that would be ridiculous. But, like, any legendary, except for, you know, room decor and skins and heads that you already have. So, like, there's 200 and something legendaries, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, it, like, it doesn't even have to be anointed, but, like, if I kill a boss i want to i want to see one ping ever if if i'm on mayhem 4 and i kill gigamine i want to see at least one orange tower of light you know i would i would even be okay with the fact that it would even if it's just one specific one or something like that cuz then cuz then you could start rolling uh then you could start rolling um anointed stuff so my only issue with that is like how many how many different anointed um, varieties are there? Of anointed like on, on any given weapon, like yeah, like on any given gun. What? How many different varieties of anointed um, modifiers are there? I mean, there's a lot, but that's the, what we're talking about. Is you're always looking for the perfect thing. <laughs> I think that would be iffy. That might be that might be too easy if it was like a guaranteed, like. Because then if, if you're that guy that's doing, you know, a Zane um, ion cannon thing and you're crit swapping to a um, to an Unforgiven, you know, and you're just wiping out Grave Ward in one or two shots, even on Mayhem 4, like that's, and you're getting, you know, let's say it's a, I don't know, a... Um, <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting the Ward shield. Yeah, like every single time. Okay. So I, w- I would probably get burnt out on that too. Okay, so then so then change it. Like, you know, you have as you go through them, so mayhem mayhem one, you have a one out of ten chance to get a legendary, two, you get two out of ten, three out of ten, and then four out of ten, and mayhem four, and mayhem four is and then you in and then every time you just increase the chance that it's also gonna be anointed by twenty five percent. Every every time you kill the boss? No, 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 no. Every oh, okay. every every mayhem level. So you've got a twenty five percent chance that if something drops, it's going to be anointed on mayhem one, fifty percent on mayhem two, seventy five percent on mayhem three, and then one hundred percent on mayhem four. And you also have a four out of ten chance that their legendary is going to drop on mayhem four. That would be okay. I would be fine <laughs> with that. You can say- have that one gearbox. It's all yours. <laughs> that's that's. That's that's free right there. Yeah. Copyright Vault Hunter's Guide 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Free so. 99. All right. So we spent a lot of time <laughs> on uh, yeah. what are some things established players can do to pass the time. So let's go to uh, where. So what does the roadmap for content look like going forward? Because they gave that to us um, at release or like very shortly before or after release. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that there are four DLCs, four legitimate, you know, you pay fourteen ninety nine for them or whatever DLCs planned for, you know, in total. But we have no details on what they include as of yet or when they're going to be dropping. Right. So, and we already have one, so now we've got, we've got three left. Because um, math. Because math. Ultimately... This is one of those situations where it scares me to say this, but this will be, uh, this will matter, um, based on how successful the game is going through the rest of it, because they said the same thing when pre-sequel launched. There's like, Hey, we're going to have, 
we're going to have four DLCs. And they and they did, and two of them were character DLCs, and one of them was the Claptrap DLC, and then they had a Slaughter Pit. Right, right. And and it was because the game wasn't doing nearly as well as what Borderlands 2 had, because the four DLCs that they meant for Borderlands 2 were four actual story DLCs, and then they had two character DLCs, and then they had four more Headhunter... Four? Or was it five Headhunter packs? I think it was five. Yeah, because it was... Because it was Waddle Gobbler, it was the Mercenary Day, it was... Bloody um, Harvest. Bloody Harvest. There was the Moxie one, and... Some... (laughs) So maybe it was four. (laughs) Maybe it was four. Anyway. Anyways. Either either way, that's a lot of content. Yeah, that's a ton. Yeah. So, again, we just don't really know. We haven't heard anything new about what's going on with it. I would expect that probably sometime, if it's not this month, then next month, we'll hear something about it. Well, so that's, that's the thing. Like, it, so we knew, about, we knew about the Moxie DLC, like I said, within a couple of weeks of launch. I don't remember if it was before or after, but within a couple of weeks of launch, we knew that there was going to be a full-on proper DLC that was going to be releasing in winter you know yeah in, they just and in, they just called it dlc one was all we knew about it at the time right right and that's fine that's fine that held us over i didn't i didn't really give a shit i'm like sweet we get we're getting a full-on dlc which means that if we don't hear about one this month i'm really nervous because if you if you're going to release four of them within and they said that all four are going to come out within the year right mm-hmm. within one year of the game being released that means another one's got to come out on march you know, sometime in March. So if we don't hear about it sometime in January, that makes me nervous. Agreed. And the fact that they're having... When the time this show goes up, I don't know if they'll have it fixed or not, Uh, but, like, as of this recording, they still haven't fixed the Malawan takedown to scale down to the amount of players that are in... Uh, that are doing the challenge at the time. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's some kind of bigger issue going on. That's just pure speculation and doesn't, and frankly, doesn't mean shit. But it's it gives you pause for concern, you know, because they said that they were going to do that, that scaling down of the takedown like a couple of weeks ahead of when it was supposed to go down on January 1st. And as of January 5th, we haven't heard anything else about it. Yeah, we know that they delayed it and that's it, which is kind of scary. So. Yeah. So, so what does the roadmap look like? Nobody knows. Nobody knows if there's going to be any more, any more takedowns, any more seasonal events. We have no, no idea of what is coming up. Yeah. So, um, going into that, um, that brings us to our next point: was with us not knowing what the DLCs are. Do we do do there need to be more takedown or seasonal like events going into it? I think it depends on how good they are. I feel like the takedown is actually pretty good. The takedown's pretty good and um it has provided it's it's been a nice challenge for people. That's something else that players can do to you know, hold hold themselves over until, um, until until new proper content releases. Is if you if you are not able to solo 
the takedown at this point, you know, get some more gear, you know, get to the point to where you can solo the takedown and then work on improving your time on it. Yep. Um, just as like a challenge to yourself, that's something else you can do. And so the takedown being what it is, I think that it's a good piece of content. You know, it's, mm. it's solid. There's good, there's good loot to be had. It's, um, it's a worthy challenge. It's free. Um, I would not, and if, and if they do more events like the, um, like the bloody harvest for seasonal holidays and, and what have you, um, I'm okay with that, but it needs to, they need to step up their game a little bit and I don't want to, um, I want the, uh, I want the option to shut it off or to not interact with it. For example, let's say you, you can have this one too, Gearbox. Uh, let's say that they do an Easter-themed seasonal event, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want I, if they're like if there's like eggs. I want there to be like eggs all over the place, right? And you can like crack however many eggs you know in an area, and then that'll spawn like a a mini boss in that area that you can farm to kill stuff or something like that, right? Sure. But if I don't want to interact with it, I don't crack any eggs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I don't want it to be, like, you know, hey, out of this chest popped an egg and it's a rabbit that's going to kill you, you know? Like, I don't want to do that if I don't want, if, like, if I don't want to do that, I don't want to have to interact with that or die. Right. So. So, back, can I, can I stop you for a second? Because I want to back you up because you might have just gone, did something. Which is that, um, which is that, that brings us to another point of maybe some ways that some things could be handled. So, so rare spawns have been a big point of contention, right? Sure. We have nothing to, else to do with it. So just use some Iridium to spawn a rare spawn. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Why not do that? Yeah. Like, cause then you can yeah, do I mean, it. You can use it. Like I, I've been using my Iridium more on, on like heads and skins and shit than I have anything else. Yeah. And and you probably don't even like necessarily like need that stuff. You're just like, oh, I've got nothing else to use it on. Might as well use it on the heads and the skins. Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, I like I check the I check Earl's vending machine pretty frequently, just on the off chance that I'll find like something ridiculous, you know, anointed operative Q system or something along those lines. But, right. Yeah. Um, and I'm and I'm holding holding out hope because it'll happen at some point during my career playing Borderlands Three. But, I hope so. <laughs> But in the meantime, like, there's no, like you said, there's no incentive to do it. Like, you don't have to pay Iridium to go and do the takedown. You don't have to pay Iridium to get into the handsome, into the handsome jackpot or anything like that. That's a really good idea. Like, hey, spend five Iridium and get this guy to spawn, guaranteed. Yeah, exactly. Like That'd be I, sick. <laughs> well, and it's not like, it's kind of weird that they didn't do that, because it's not like they didn't do that before. I mean, they're, you know, that's how that's how you got into raid boss arenas before and everything. So it's like, they've used that same type of system before they would just yeah, have, they would just have much more of a reason to do it now. Well, and frankly, it was a lot more frustrating when that was the case back then, because you had to actually use Iridium to increase your bank space and your backpack and your ammo capacity. Mm-hmm. So like now that we have, now that we're just using regular money for that, give us something else to do with the, Irid- like I would have much rather, done that like use regular money for upgrades and stuff in borderlands 2 and then just iridium for getting into the into terramorphous peak you know into to destruct peak and everything so 
that's that's a really great idea. You can have that one too, Gearbox. All of, free, all of the good ideas, man. Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Just send me a just send me a sick ass piece. Look, play it all on, bro. We're, we're not we're not we're not saying that if you use this idea that you owe us royalties. However, we're just saying that maybe if you use that idea, that maybe like once a month there would be a check that shows up in my mailbox that that I could then <laughs> go. So yeah, royalties. I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for so. sure. Um, so. Yeah, no, that's a really great idea. That so that's so. Anyways, that's that's my opinion on the takedowns and seasonal events. Like, I really like the Malawan one. If we did other ones similarly, that would be cool. Yeah, I'd be good with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, we find out that there's some kind of I don't know. You find out that um, Aurelia was like starting her own cult, and now you got to fight like this whole massive group of like ice creatures or whatever and at the very end of it there's some ridiculously huge like abominable snowman type one you know in a takedown style event that'd be cool i'd be good with that could you imagine that like you just end up like you just end up going on to like this giant ice shelf and it goes into like the cutscene where like the big boss is supposed to come out and it turns out it is this giant ice shelf that you're standing on like somehow. oh yeah <laughs> so that'd be nice something weird like that and yeah. like it's immune to fire yeah exactly it's it's made of permafrost, so it's immune to fire, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then, it's it's literally frozen iridium. It cannot be melted. Right. So so here's the so here's the other thing about that is when we're talking about takedowns and seasonal events, I'm sure that because of the way that the takedown works, they're gonna do more stuff like it. Um and we we know that they're gonna do more seasonal events too, because because Maurice is a staple of Sanctuary Three at this point. It's, they yeah, it would be we would be fucking weird if Maurice had no other purpose on Sanctuary Three. Yeah, other than you know, it's like, like, could you imagine that? Like two years from now, somebody like you said picks this up from the bargain bin or something like that, and it's like, it's like, yo, what's this guy for? It's like, oh, he was used for a one-time event way back in 2019. Yeah, it's like, it's like yeah. really? It's like, yeah, that was it. It's like, oh, yep. all right. <laughs> yeah just this random dinosaur just chilling there greetings you know (laughs) like Uh, why is this dinosaur always talking to me is this just to fuck with me (laughs) that'd be amazing anyway um so going through it at this point um well actually no i i've asked i've asked the last couple you can go ahead and ask this one all right so the my next question about endgame content and everything is what can Gearbox learn from Moxie's heist of the handsome jackpot and what can they do better next time? So it was it was the entire topic of conversation on our last episode. And I feel like we touched on it somewhat, but like we talked about how good the story was and how good the side missions were and how good the loot was. So what do they need to do with the next one? The next one they need to, mm, this is such a hard question because what they should do with the next DLC revolves so heavily around the other quote unquote major issues that are within are that are present within the game in general. Like what? What do you mean? Okay. So them changing, you know, anything about the story or the gameplay or anything like that of the next DLC doesn't really matter too much if they don't fix things like drop rates and rare spawns and 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 how difficulty works. And I know and I know that's a terrible answer to give, you know, cuz it's kind of skirting around the question, but at the same time, it kind of makes sense, you know, it's like, look, if 
you know, if they come out with an absolutely amazing DLC, if they come out with a DLC that is as good as um, Captain Scarlet or um, Tiny Tina's yeah, DLC, or if they come out with one that is, um, I mean, just, yeah, if they come out with that, it doesn't, it almost doesn't matter if if they don't have the rest of the uh, uh the rest of it to back it up. So that's a good point and I hadn't considered that before I thought of my answer which is I think it needs to have a really great story because that's the reason <laughs> that we like that we like like the reason that we like the Tiny Tina DLC and the Captain Scarlet DLC is because the stories are really great and the loot is on par with that. Mm-hmm. Um and the Moxie's Heist, like, if you don't play it, you don't miss anything in the story. And same with the Tiny Tina DLC, but, like, I mean, and same with the Tiny Tina or Captain Scarlet DLC, but they both, like, hit you in the feels, kind of, you know, with with the story. So, I don't think, whatever the story is, I don't think it needs to be integral. Like, you don't need to play them to understand the story of the game or anything. But, um but the loot needs to be there with it. And I actually, we kind of keep on forgetting about this one, but the Commander Lilith DLC, I would put up there probably just below, like, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep is my top one, right? Mm-hmm. Is my top DLC for Borderlands 2. Captain Scarlet is my second favorite, and then I'd probably put the Commander Lilith DLC because of how it's tied to the story, and because you get some cool-ass loot and gear, you know? You're running, like, the <clears throat> um, like the toothpick and the retainer together is yep. a sweet combo. The, um, what is the, um, the sniper rifle that you get from Brick? Um... Yeah. The, oh, uh, Amir, Amigo Sincero. That's mm-hmm. a sick, sick sniper rifle. Um, so you had really good gear to go along with a really great story, in my opinion, which yeah. kind of, you know, as they intended to, connected Borderlands 2 and Borderlands 3 in a way. So right. it doesn't need, the story doesn't need to be on par with that, but it needs, but it needs to be working right. It needs to have stuff fixed and to have a good story and great loot is um is what makes a great dlc and the handsome jackpot has great great phenomenal loot and someone almost someone almost to me almost say too good and that's not a joke that's like a real thing yeah yeah like like almost broken loot and Mm. um and and a decent story you know, it's acceptable. Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. I didn't really care about this place, you know, because we didn't know it, it existed or anything. Yeah. So, and on, and honestly, we really didn't care about the people that were on it either. Cause they're all kind of terrible. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like the only, it was, it was really cool to play it together and be like, ah, Tim, you know, but like, unless you play the pre-sequel, you don't know anything about Timothy either. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just some nameless He's not nameless, but he's just some guy. You're like, who's this guy that looks like some other guy in a game that I may or may not have played? You know, mm-hmm. depending on whether or not Borderlands 3 is my first Borderlands game. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. So. So, yeah. Oh, quick side, quick sidebar about the handsome jackpot. Like, 
I've gone and farmed the fabricator, and it has yeeted my goddamn loot into the <laughs> sun. I swear, and it is so frustrating. And they know it; like it's a known issue, and supposedly they're looking at it and everything. But man, is that frustrating! And if it wasn't for the lost loot machine, it would be real. I would be real, real pissed, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and nope, I, I don't it. know if I told you this, but I actually found a uh, an ion cannon. That's it's a level fifty. It's uh, like twenty thousand something damage times two. <laughs> it's That's nuts. sick. That's awesome. <clears throat> so. That's great. So, um, so yeah, I I think you know, kind of getting back to it and everything. I I feel like the thing that they would have to do with the next, the thing they would have to do with the next, um, DLC. And and I know this sounds really weird. We need to have more gear that matters. Mm, if that makes okay. sense. Um, okay. What I what I mean by that is, you know, we have we have the legendaries and we have like the red flavor text weapons and everything like that. I don't. I mean, we have like, you know, like you said, like two hundred legendaries or whatever. But do you remember how often in Borderlands 2 people were not, I mean, you could play, you know, like people weren't always using legendaries. You were using, you know, uniques or, you know, legendaries or, or not legendaries, uniques or epics or whatever, you know, that sure. kind of stuff because it fit the kind of build you were trying to do. And I feel like that's the thing is like, you know, we're not having to, we're not having to like, custom pick and choose our gear around it or pick our skills around our gear as much anymore. Like as, you know, as like a Zane player or whatever, you can get, you know, if you want a, uh, if you want a submachine, a submachine gun, an SMG that does cryo damage, you can, you can pick like a few different things and have them all work for you. But yeah, because- you can get a cryo crossroads, or you can get a night hawking, or you know what, or what have you, or a destructo spinner, or whatever you know. Yeah, you know, like and it and they don't all feel different enough from each other. I feel like, like, hmm. like, like here, here's here's the thing. Okay, and I always use this as an example to anyone, or, or I had always used this as an example to anyone when I was trying to get them to play Borderlands too which was, you know, they're like, well, what's so great about the game? It's like, you know what's great about the game? I have a weapon. And what this does is this is a shotgun. And Drew knows, probably knows exactly where I'm going with this already. This is a shotgun that shoots a sword. And then that <laughs> sword splits into three more swords. And then all of those swords explode when they hit things. Yep. And it's, and it's, I use that. Because it's usable, <laughs> right? On the and characters. its name is Sword Explosion. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like if you like, if you picked up Borderlands Three right now, like if I brought, if I invited a friend over to play Borderlands Three for the first time, I was like, check this out, and I like gave him a character, and they had a boring gun equipped, right? Mm-hmm. They'd be like, what is this? Like, oh, it's a gun. It shoots saw blades. They'd be like, oh, sweet. You would use it for a while, and they'd be like, I can't hit anything with this. I'm like, yeah. I know, but it shoots saw blades. And they're like, right. yeah, but if I can't kill anything, and it's not usable, what does it fucking matter? Yeah. 
you know, and, and, and he's absolutely right. Cause we had tons of really cool and really fun stuff that was like legitimately usable for that. Like there was some stuff like to the point, like it was so broken that like it was broken to the point that you couldn't even like play the game with it because it was that broken. And, and what I mean is like, you know, like if you had a twister and you were using zero that had bore. Yeah. Yeah. Like not only would it break the game, it would legitimately actually crash your game. Right. Right. Cause like, so yeah, but on the flip side of that, like we've always maintained that before we even started playing borderlands three, we said that one of the things we want is for the game to be balanced, which mm-hmm. it is because it's not like to get to, to kill stuff in mayhem four with any given character. You don't need to be like, okay, well, if you want to kill something on Mayhem 4, you have to have a Maggie. Or like, a it's Lyuda, not, or whatever, yeah. Right, it's not like that, to where it's like, well, if you want to make it to OP8, regardless of play style, you need a Deepa. You yeah. know, or and you need a Deepa, and you need a Grog Nozzle. Yeah. Like, those were, it's because OP8 was that difficult. And you don't need to do that in Mayhem 4, which I'm good with. So, like, I do want, of course I want stupid, awesome, overpowered, you know, weapons when you put it together with the right build, but I don't want it so broken that it gets to that level. Yeah, that you can and I'm, throw, and I'm throw it on anyone nearly, and be good. Yeah, and I'm nearly, I'm nearly at that level with, with a Maggie, but that's because I'm using it with Flack and with Zane. I don't see the Maggie performing nearly as well with Amara or Moe's. Um, just because of, you know, how they work. Well, Bulletstorm-style Moe's, you know, I guess, could definitely make great use of the Maggie, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, just endlessly. But it's, again, it's not... It doesn't need to be... It's not the cornerstone of the build, you know? Right. So, I don't just charge into Gigamine and just start shooting him with the Maggie. You know, I work him down with a Brainstormer or a Shocking AAA or... You know, or a uh, thunder, you know, thunderball fists or whatever first. Sure. So, um, it's and I get that that's a really hard balance to strike between not having stuff so broken that it becomes an absolute necessity in the game, and you know, but like at this point we have so many legendaries and so many of them are pointless and useless that a lot of them I don't even consider when I see them on the ground. Yep. I'm like, this same. thing is not useful for anybody at any time. Can I be completely honest about something too? And, no, and this is my, me. <laughs> <laughs> <Lie> <laughs> me. so this is my, this is my own opinion and drew may or may not agree with this at all. Um, we've heard a lot of talk about this before. And we know that this is something that they have talked about in um, in their, in uh, Gearbox's monthly podcast. I feel that not adding DLC characters is a huge mistake. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's going to be a really, really big mistake because I, I'm not sure how much you can add. I'm not sure how much you can add with just adding skill trees to existing characters. Well, like, and not even just skill trees because they have, I don't think that they've confirmed that they're even doing that yet. You know? 
That's mm. just speculation at this point. They're like, well, they're not going to do more characters. So they got to do more trees, right? And they don't. They don't have to do that either. You know, they could just yeah. do nothing and just hope to get enough different builds via gear. You know, which I would almost like if they're not going to do additional DLC characters. I would almost rather they do that. Like, just focus on various builds through different gear than adding an additional tree. Sure. No, that makes sense. And, and here's the thing. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, it's a, it's a sign of the times, you know, where, um, you have, you know, you had the four original vault hunters and, and, and in BO one, and we didn't need anything beyond that, you know, but at the same time, there was plenty of ways that you could play them, you know, and there was lots of, and, and each of here's the thing, the biggest thing about it, each of them was on par with each other. Yeah, I would agree because there's there's a solid there's a solid couple of builds to do with each character. You mm-hmm. know, there's and at then, least two builds with every character, possibly three, depending on on uh, whether or not you're you're grinding for the special class mods from uh, the General Knox DLC. Correct. Um, so it's a really that's a really good point. And you and I, and like you and I have said, we tried to make be like what if they had dlc characters in borderlands one we scrapped the fuck out of that episode because we couldn't do it yeah you know it's just not not it wasn't possible for us who are admittedly not game designers but still like and we recognize that it's a really difficult it's a really difficult task to come up with two more completely distinct characters, not only distinct from the other four that you have existing, but distinct from the other six in pre-sequel, other six in Borderlands 2, and other four in original Borderlands. Yeah. That's gotta be really difficult. So now, now, not only distinctive in style and, you know, call it personality if you want, but then... Now, in Borderlands 3, they each need to have three additional trees as well, you know? Like, not not in addition to, but, like, they each need to have three trees, you know, and three different skills, mm-hmm. you know, because if you go back to Borderlands 2, like, you know, Krieg and, and Gage and Maya and Axton, they all had one... Yeah, like, yeah, they all had three skill trees, just like they did in Borderlands 1, but they each still had one uh, action skill. Yeah. Now in Borderlands 3, we have three new action, we have three different action skills for each character. Yeah, and sometimes, like, it can get a little bit weird because you have, you have your three action skills, but then you also have, like, the, uh, the modification, or, yeah, whatever, the modifiers to them, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, on the sides of the trees. Yeah, Yeah. the action skill augments. Yes. They augments, that's it. Yeah, I couldn't think of the word. So, yeah, so, like, Flack is a great example of this because it's like, all right, so yeah, you might have, you know, it's like, all right, so what's your what's your action skill? And it's like, well, your action skill is either is either is one of his pets. So it's either uh, the jabber, it's the spider ant, or it's the skag. It's like, all right, and then they no, just kind of hang out. No, but that's different. That's not even his action skill. That's well, just his pet. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, is like that's kind of the idea. You have these three things, so that's already something for that. But then you have either you either have pocket racks or you have uh fade away or 
third one. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, I was like, does he know the last one? I gotta know. It's Gamma Burst is his oh, last one. Oh, Gamma Burst. That's it. Duh. So. Which there is actually a legitimate Gamma Burst build, you know. I know. Out there. I just, but uh, truth be told, Flack is the Flack is the character I have the least experience with so far. So don't hate me for that. No, but yeah, no. But, but yeah, it's that's a really good point. I mean, like with, um, like if you do an Amara build, you can do an Amara like fire build, but you can also like do an Amara shock build. You know, so mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of variety within things. So I, I imagine which, that it's it's. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say which which kind of which kind of sucks because yes, there's a lot of variety in things. No one's using that variety. Yeah. Or there are. I I shouldn't say no one. There are lots of people who are not using that variety. Now is the, okay, but is that because they're casual players, or because it's too hard to get the very specific thing to make that build great, or both? I was gonna say a little column A, a little column B. Yeah, um, yeah I think it's both. But it's also just because. Mayhem 4 is just such a slog right now that if that's how you want to do things, you're kind of locked into certain things. Yeah. So, yep. I agree. Anyway, I agree. We, we've, we've spent a lot of time on this, uh, and it's already a little bit longer episode. So we're going to go ahead and get into this, to some things that you guys think and how you feel about things. So we had another part, but you know, we had another point on here, which was what helped create longevity in BL2. And you know, what are some, what are, uh, some people, why are some people putting down BL3 in favor of BL2 right now? I, we've covered that to death at this point, just by yeah, the Yeah, episode. I think so. So, so, so yeah, gonna- so yesterday morning, uh, we threw up a, t- a poll on Twitter um, asking, uh, how do you feel about where Borderlands 3 is at right now? Feel free to explain yourself by replying to this tweet. We had, uh, admittedly, a small sample size of 24 people. But thank you 83- to everyone that voted, first of all. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, to you other people, uh, follow us on Twitter. Pay attention to what we post. We only post quality, high-grade content. Yep. Why are you standing by? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so 83% of, uh, of uh, people who voted said that they are satisfied with, border, with where Borderlands 3 is at right now. 16.7% said that they were unsatisfied. And we didn't leave a whole lot of wiggle room there for, you know, because we understand that there are shades of gray, but we thought that we would offer up, you know, uh, people to reply to this and, and tell us why. And admittedly, I want to get this out of the way first. I'm sure that a lot of you are thinking, well, if I'm listening to a Borderlands podcast and I'm following said podcast on Twitter and I'm voting in their poll and I'm replying to the tweet, I'm probably a huge Borderlands fan. So, totally understandable. <laughs> right. So it's so granted, this may be completely skewed just because of our audience. Uh, but we just thought that that was uh, interesting that out of 24 people, um, you know, 16.7% said that they were unsatisfied with it. So let's go ahead and read through the uh, responses right now. Um, Jeff, you want to take the first one and then we'll alternate. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're just going to go through your guys' replies uh, on that. We we do thank you for everything. So first one is from uh, Dankster TV. Uh, he says, beside the drop rates and spawn rates of rare spawn farms, I love the game more every time I play it. That yep, is that's, totally understandable. Again, that's, that's what we're talking about, about being in the gray there. So 
he immediately goes into uh, drop rates, spawn rates uh, need to be fixed. But other than that, the game is great, which I totally agree with. Everything looks great. Everything feels great. Everything sounds great. But we need drop rates and spawn rates fixed. I still have issues with uh, load with uh, menus loading and stuff. Uh, that's my biggest pet peeve with the game, other than spawn rates and drop rates. But mm-hmm. uh, that's just me. Uh, all right, so uh, and one ballin twenty seven says overall I am satisfied because although the game is far from a perfect place right now, look at the number of hot fixes and patches they have been putting out weekly. So I know Gearbox will continue to improve it and put out good content for it for us. It is in good hands. I agree with that. I. I feel like a lot of people who are kind of ditching Borderlands 3 right now will come back to it once it's all fixed and we're getting there slowly but surely. It's just the growing pains that we're going through right now that are difficult and uh, sometimes frustrating. Oh, totally agree. So, all right. So um, next uh, we have uh, Benjamin Matson. Uh, who says, I think the story is fun, but the end game needs to be addressed. The DLC is a fun addition to the game. Drop rates need work, though. I like the rare spawns, but they take forever to farm. T- 20 runs to see them once sucks. Okay. Agreed. So, so, Agreed. so I, do, I do want to address something here right away, which is that within the first three replies, we have talked about drop rates and rare spawn rates twice now. Yep. Um, let's see. So we have... Uh... If George saying just beat main story solo, absolutely hated the ghosts. Uh, we're talking about the ghosts from the uh, Bloody Harvest um, event. Uh, absolutely hated the ghosts because they made the first quarter of play annoying, not difficult. Twins were a downgrade versus Handsome Jack, but not as much as the internet thinks. Trials and Circle of Slaughter were very fun. All in all, great game. That's a really good point. I hadn't even thought about about the trials and the uh, Circle of Slaughter stuff. That is something else that people can um, can go through to extend the longevity of Borderlands 3 right now. You know, going through the trials quicker and going through the circle of slaughter quicker. Um, you know, just maxim- just absolutely trying to maximize your build. And, and I get that that's kind of contradictory to what we've said about drop rates, about very specific gear and everything. But it's, it's still something that can be done. So... Um, yep. Really good point, George, and I agree the twins are a downgrade, but like I said in the most recent episode, Handsome Jack is probably one of my favorite villains of all time, so it's it's hard to measure up to that, so I agree, like, not as much of a, uh, of, of a drop-off, I mean, like, I didn't expect the next villain to be Handsome Jack, so I'm not super Correct. let down by the twins, so. Correct, absolutely, so. All right, moving on. Uh, we also have one from uh, I think I think Drew and I are looking at slightly different pages, so we're not going quite in order here, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> right, that's all right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we also have one from uh, B Train, um, which says uh, overall the game is okay, but the fact that my Xbox, uh, I think he I think he means uh, Xbox uh, One X, yeah, uh, still hard crashes when I go to join my friend's game is unreal. That is something that should have been fixed within the first month, and I feel that the menus still not do function as quickly as they should. So, so yeah. same thing same like it. Drew's, yeah, same thing that Drew's talking about with the menus not functioning as quickly as they do. And I agree, when I'm on console, they don't. They they work. And I'm much on PS4. And I'm on PS4, and I'm having the same issue as as B Train. Yeah. So, so it's just a console issue at that point. Um, also, if his game is hard crashing when he's going to join his friends. That's a major issue. 
that's a huge problem because they yeah i've never had i've never had it completely crash i've had it like be like hey we're connecting you and then it like kicks you back to the main meant to the main uh main screen and everything but i've never had it like crash and die on me mm-hmm. that would yep. be i i totally i totally get uh how that would be crazy frustrating so uh next we've got robbie darling i love this game as a solo player i hate the wotan raid i was really excited for them to scale it down but other than that fantastic um i yeah i, I hear his frustration about the uh, the Wotan raid. Um, I was also looking forward to them scaling it down, but again, technical issues. Hopefully, they get that sorted out soon. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's see. We also have uh, Daniel Hemmings or Hemdogs on Twitter. Uh, satisfied but hungry for more content. I've run through TVHM with two Vault Hunters, played the DLC, got plenty of gear, but nothing to do with it. I have never. Like, that is my exact opinion on it, like, in in a tweet, you know, in however many characters it wrote to, to put that. I feel exactly the same, which is why I'm back at Borderlands 2. And, sure. and I know that I said, you know, hey, you can go and do the Circle of Slaughter again, and you can do, you know, the takedown, you know, faster or whatever, and, like... I'm, that was just, frankly, that's just suggestions for other people. I'm just gonna go back to playing Borderlands 2. So <laughs> great. Um, and then uh, lastly, we have uh, Patrick Bialis. I've been having a blast. Just about maxed out my first character, Elemental Amara. I picked up the title late. There are definitely still some quirks to be worked on, i.e., menu delays. I've crashed a time or two. Rare spawns are re- are rare spawns really are rare. Twenty plus runs to st- to see demo demo Skagen twice. That's so overall. I mean. The two biggest issues that I'm seeing from uh, the people that have responded here are rare spawn rates, what to do with the loot, and um, uh, menu speed on yeah. console. So, yep, absolutely. So, so I mean, this is you know, in a shock to no one, that's that's what we're saying is that um, they want you know they want more stuff to do with the loot. So, meaning either some way we need need to change things so that we have more different builds, whether that's adding more trees, adding more characters, or changing how difficulty works so that people can really pick and choose how they want to play the game. Um, also, issues with rare spawns, which means there needs to be some sort of different system for how rare spawns work. And then, you know, like Gearbox, I, I, I love your games, but you really need to step it up with the menu system. That is yep. just the thing. Uh, yep. I, I don't want this to be the last thing that's left off, but I feel that this is worth addressing because we've seen it happen before. And this is something that really, really makes me nervous, which is that, um, you know, console is still, you know, stuff still crashes, crashes, menus are still slow, things like that. I'm nervous that, you know, with the talk of next-gen consoles coming around, that they're just going to re-release the game on next-gen consoles, and it's going to be much better there, and that everyone's going to have to rebuy everything. I, so, I don't know about, um, what are they calling the next Xbox? Uh, Xbox Series X, I think? Something like that. Anyways, yeah. um, I don't know about sorry, it, sorry. That's not a that's not a slam. We're just not we're just not Xbox people. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I 
I just know that for PS5, they're saying it will be backwards compatible for with PS4 games. Um, and now, actually, there's a rumor saying that it'll be backwards compatible all the way back to P- PS1, which would be incredible, but yeah. you know, <laughs> that remains to be seen. Um, and so, but again, like, if there's... If on PS5, my Borderlands 3 doesn't play at 60 FPS, at least, you know, then I would pro I would probably upgrade just because of that, you know, as mm-hmm. long as I could like transfer my saves and stuff. Sure. But I mean, but I'm a fanatic about the game, so yeah, I'm definitely the exception. I, I, I'm just having flashbacks to when pre-sequel launched and that was, and here's the thing that was supposed to be as big as Borderlands two. That yeah. was supposed to be that big, like make no mistake about it. That's how big that game was supposed to be. And uh ps4 came out before that happened (laughs) yeah and it came out on ps3 and they said nope we're not bringing it to ps4 and then after that then they came out with the handsome collection where it was all of that yeah Yeah. i'm just saying something similar has happened and it makes me slightly nervous yeah understandable understandable so anyways Let's go ahead and wrap up the show by talking about one of our favorite things ever, which is loot. And we're going to address that on our uh, last segment of the show, as always. It's going, going, gone. Always with the pews. <laughs> always, always. All right, so we're going to talk about one of our favorite games in Borderlands 3 today. One of our favorite guns in Borderlands 3? Yeah, that's what I meant. I said games, right. huh? Yeah, you did. <laughs> that's okay. uh, one of our favorite guns in Borderlands 3, one of our favorite guns in Borderlands 2, and one of our favorite guns in Borderlands, the original Borderlandsing. Uh, <laughs> also, talking I guess, about the... also, I guess, pre-sequel? Oh, yeah. Was it in there? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, it was in there. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to talk today about the Hellfire. So... The Hellfire, as many of you know, is a legendary doll submachine gun that is always incendiary and is always full auto. Mm-hmm. Uh, the red text reads, "We in, in Borderlands 3 at least, it reads, we don't need no something. Uh, this is a reference to <laughs> The Roof is on Fire by Rockmaster Scott in the Dynamic 3. That's a song from 1984. Um, I put in a joke about... I put in a joke earlier about we don't need no stinking badges uh that's not what it is that's from yeah. uh something something sierra madre from 1948 treasure of the sierra madre yeah that sounds so, right also i do want to point out because it is a little bit weird because i'm not sure how much other stuff has happened like this but borderlands 3 it's uh doll manufacturer however in uh in everything else it was molly one yeah yeah that's weird so, Really strange, which I mean, honestly, would make more sense for it to be Molly One. Uh, I wonder if it's just because in Borderlands Three, like they're like, "Look, we're gonna have it locked full auto, but like you can't change the element on it, so like therefore it needs to be manufactured by Doll now." Yeah, 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 because the only other thing they could have done was just make it one of those legendaries for Molly One that has no that has no charge time. Right, right. It would have. Yeah. Oh God. I would flip out if I picked up a hell. Like I feel physically angry right now, like at the thought of like having to charge up my Hellfire. You know, just that thought made me tense up and like 
don't you fuck with that thing. That thing's perfect. <laughs> you know? You leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, the Hellfire is easily one of the best, if not the best, incendiary SMG in the entire Borderlands series. It's suitable for all players as long as the enemies are fleshy. Um, uh, in Borderlands 1, it's obtained from any suitable loot source. And uh, same thing in Borderlands 2 and 3, but in Borderlands 2 has an increased chance to drop from Scorch in Frostburn Canyon. And uh, in the pre-sequel, it has no specific drop, but can be obtained from the grinder. Mm-hmm. And in Borderlands 3, it has a very good chance of dropping from Jabber Mogwai, which is a uh, legendary uh, hammerlock hunt in the Voracious Canopy on Eden 6, uh, as long as you kill it with incendiary damage. It has a really, really great, great chance of dropping. Yeah, it's about hellfire. 50%, right? Yeah, something like that. It's it's stupid high. Yeah. So um, overall, and uh, I, I feel this, this is a good way to sum this up, uh, this episode. Overall, the Hellfire is just a staple of the series. It provides solid damage without breaking the game. Like, you know, you can pick up a Hellfire as pretty much any... Um, you can pick it up pretty much as any of the Sirens. Uh, you can also pick it up as, uh, you know, Krieg or anyone else that likes to do fire damage or anything like that in, in the game. And it'll, it'll do what you expect to do without being so broken. I mean, obviously, they've had an, an all four of the games at this point so you can be mm-hmm. so you can be assured that it's it's not bringing the game but it is very very good at what it does so um kind of like drew said it would just be weird to play a borderlands game and at some point in there not have a hellfire i can't imagine it and i don't think i want to imagine it because it's just you know ever since the first time that i picked it up because my very very first playthrough of borderlands was with an elemental uh with an elemental siren and i remember getting a hellfire and i was just all about it so so yeah when did you get it was it during first playthrough yeah it was during first playthrough well and the funny thing about carried you until like middle of second playthrough or something (laughs) well yeah you know and and the funny thing about it is that because of the way that the hellfire works like you're not even taking full advantage of it as as a siren because it's almost like it's almost like too much i guess it's kind of like it's kind of like it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So, but you know, that's all right. Cause you know, it felt, it felt good and it felt right. And then I remember, um, I remember Beth getting it when she was playing her first playthrough as Maya, um, in, in BL2 and getting it from, from Scorch and was equally as excited about it. So yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Now, so whatever we say, Gearbox, you know, like I said, we enjoy your games. Please make sure that there is always a hellfire in every main canon game we would appreciate yep, it true story so anyway i think that pretty much brings us to uh to the end of it huh yeah definitely uh i feel like there was a it was a good episode it was a little bit longer there was just a lot of stuff that we uh wanted to talk about and address and we know a lot of other people are having the same concerns so uh it's a good opportunity to uh get it all out in the air um mm-hmm. let us know like we said let us know your thoughts hit us up on twitter hit us up on our gmail um, let us know what you think. If you think that we're totally wrong and the game's perfect, fine. If you think the game sucks and you're never going to touch it again, we want to know about that too. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's going to do it for us. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Good luck and good drops. Bye. Bye.